Welcome to the Actors Wish podcast. My name is Sarah Hayward Rahimova, and I am an international actress, writer, and teacher. Today, let me be your scene partner. Let this podcast be your laboratory. And in this space, let your wish run free. I know you're ready to peel your layers, take risks, and open yourself to new levels of artistic discovery. Consider this your weekly dose of inspiration, technique, and community where actors support one another. Together, we can explore our wishes beyond the classroom, beyond the audition room, beyond the stage and the screen, and cultivate a rich, vibrant, ongoing creative life. Let's turn down our brains, trust our bodies, activate our inner resources, and find joy in the process. Together, let's take the leap from actor to artist. Hello, 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 creative rebels, actors, artists, welcome, 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 welcome back to today's episode, part two of Playing on Purpose with Nicole Contaleffa, or as I lovingly call her, Nikki. <laughs> I think many others do as well, but I, I enjoy both. So thank you, Nikki and Nicole, for allowing such vibrant variants of your name, uh, if by chance you have not listened to part one, I suggest you pause this right now, go back to episode 20, start off there, and then come join us on this episode because we're really quite in the middle of so much material. There is so much juicy magic to tear through today from her barrier-breaking solo show to her phenomenal work on the Journey Theatre Project to her Pilates. There's just so much to cover and we both get emotional at different times. You'll have to... (laughs) Don't worry, you won't... I don't think you'll be crying, but uh, I, I was, she was, so it's always fun when we get to explore the full shade of our emotional tapestries and I highly encourage you to reach out to Nikki at the end of this episode if you haven't yet and if you have please do so again Uh, and to check out her incredible piece I am me that will be linked in the show notes be sure to check out the journey theater project and get on their mailing list so you can sign up for their next uh pay what you can workshop and be sure to check out her incredible Pilates classes. She has private sessions, group sessions, COVID recovery sessions, and I will have that in the show notes as well. And there's really nothing more to say except be sure to let us know what you thought of this episode. Be sure to take a screenshot, tag at Nikki Leffa, at Sidabanda in your Instagram stories. Let us know what moved you, what you're taking on your journey with you, what maybe you'll come back to and be like, oh man, I really, I want to go in deeper. I'm going to listen to this again and then new things. I'm going to peel new layers. Like that's the kind of conversations that we want to be having here where we come back again and again uh, with new worldly experiences and dig in and learn even more and integrate even more and bring it into our bodies, our art, our lives, our spirits, our energy, our movement forward for the highest good of all. So without further ado, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Vinimonia. Attention. Naturally. 
begins. Enjoy. Back to your show, your play, Yeah, it's a yeah, I am me. I want to dig into that trajectory because it's so friggin' amazing, everything you did with it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so, um, okay. Let me try to be like precise here. I basically, I read this play probably in 2005, 2006 when we were, you know, a young company, Studio Six that is, me and my compatriots, we were kind of scouring for new Russian plays. We thought that that was gonna be like what our sort of niche would be in New York. Like let's do new Russian plays that nobody's seen. So I found this like document or this website with a bunch of translated new Russian plays. And there's like Novaya Drama, which is like a style of Russian theater that was happening in like the nineties um, of like, you know, post-Soviet stuff. Um, and we were kind of looking at that. And so I found this play and it was a monologue, right? It's 20 pages long, I don't know. And it was about a girl, I assume it was a girl because playwright was named Alexandra, um, walking down the road and talking about the road, the cars, the buses, the people on the bus, the people on the bus, they think they know me, they see me, they want me to be a certain way, but I'm not gonna do that. And then just this whole sort of question of like, you know, I'm me, but you don't know that, you know, you don't know me kind of thing. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's like, it just sort of struck me. And the translator was John Friedman, who, you know, we had been reading his theater reviews in the Moscow Times all through school. So he was known to us in that way. His wife is an amazing actress at um, Ginkus's theater. And John, sorry, just for our li our listeners, John Friedman is uh, an American translator living in Russia. Yes, although he's recently moved to Greece. So he was a translator, a theater critic, um, and I'm sure that he has done other amazing things that I don't know about. But he's like he was like an important American theater like connector mm. in Russia um, because he had a lot of connections with like theater people, theater artists, directors, writers uh, in America as well as, you know, as well as in Russia. And he often was the person that like brought people together, I think, or was like, mm. yeah. Yeah, he so. came to Ilhom at one point. I wasn't there, uh, but Sorry, you were speaking about his wife, who's an incredible actress. Yeah, so she's an incredible actress. She actually spoke at our graduation, probably because she could speak English. They, <laughs> they did us that honor <laughs> um, of having a great actress that could also speak our native tongue, which was nice. Um, in any case, so he was the translator. And then I just, I don't know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not looking for a one woman play. We're an ensemble theater company, life goes on. Uh, didn't really think about it. And then I kind of came around again back to it. And I even managed to reach out to John Friedman saying, listen, I've loved this play for many years. He's like, oh, great. I have a really, this play has a soft spot in my heart. I met the playwright, you know, wow. some years ago when I was visiting Ekaterinburg at Kolyada um, Theater. Let me put you two in touch. I don't think she speaks English, but um, you know, let me put you in touch. I'm sure she'll be like really tickled. And we, exchanged a few emails um, talking about how, you know, one thing I remember specifically was her writing that, yes, like this play is about how every person is a universe unto themselves. 
And um, I always get like surprisingly emotional because then I was like, oh, you know, um, yeah, amazing. I agree. And then all of a sudden, actually, sound drama comes back. Like sound drama happens and we go to Russia to be in this big ensemble theater piece and it's a big thing. And so I sort of drop my little solo project idea, right? Um, and then like some years pass or something, maybe just one or two, and John Friedman emails me, um, trigger warning, that uh, she took her own life. Uh, and I was uh, really, you know, saddened by that and upset. And mostly like, not mostly, but a good amount feeling like, I, I don't know, I, mi I missed the, an opportunity. Like this was a person I had just had the beginnings of a little creative collaborative relationship with. And, and I guess that that's perhaps selfish to kind of bring it right to that. But, you know, I felt a loss, like that was my loss, right? Yeah. Um, so that sort of spurred me to finally do something with it. Mm. Like that's what it took, unfortunately for me and unfortunately yeah, for anyone. So, but I didn't want to, so that's that. So that's like the really like deep, like why at the end of the play every time, huh, I'm getting emotional. I always <laughs> like, kind of like, like maybe cry, maybe not though, not every time. Um, because it comes from there, right? So that being said, I had to get to work to just like figure out how to do it by myself. <laughs> and um, as I mentioned before, I was like, oh, right. Producing theater in New York is expensive and this is just me. And I don't want to uh, like spend a bunch of time asking for money because that was like in the end, the sort of most difficult and least fun part of Studio Six and probably why it you know, one of the reasons why we didn't, we don't have a theater company anymore. So I said, well, what if I do it outdoors walking? I was like, this play is impossible to do standing still or like walking left to right on a small black stage. Like, well, I was, I looked, I remember thinking about like, could I get a treadmill and take down the front of it and just like stand on stage and walk like is that a thing like <laughs> that's a cool idea though yeah it is but also like there's only so many i'm glad it it was much cheaper to just you know get some space outdoors and or steal some space outdoors so i started to well learn the lines and then also you know in you know, in like our training, it's always like the most important thing is the partner, right? So who is your partner in a one person play? And I really didn't, like I wanted to like literally have partners and also games, right? But like, did games come into play a lot in? Oh yeah, the, our like, first semester was basically that. Yeah, and like what in like a scene and particularly specifically like, you know, in plays where like you as the actor know what's gonna happen, like, can you set yourself up with games in a scene that you actually don't know the, how it's gonna end mm. so that there is something alive in there. Like I'm gonna make Sarah, you know, 
touch her nose in this scene. Like, I'm just going to do it somehow. <laughs> I don't know how, but then that'll like maybe make it alive for me. Hey, it worked. <laughs> yeah, um, right. <laughs> that was easy, but I, I cheated. Um, so that's why I incorporated like games and getting people in the audience uh, to play with me. Actual mm. like hand game, like a clapping game. And I remember that. Um, you know, holding a walkie-talkie and running away from them and speaking into it. And I remember that too. So great. Or getting a soul, like getting somebody like I'm telling a story about, you know, in the movies when the soldier is saying goodbye and I get somebody to like be my soldier. All without adding text, you know, I just sort of lightly cajole, you know, lead, guide somebody that um, you know, looks like they might be willing to stand in front of a crowd of people. So that kind of stuff, that's what really helped me build out a, a mobile production where I'm walking, you're following me. And occasionally I need you to help me to play this game or to be this book or to be this person over there who now has my book, even though it was my book. But now you're sitting there reading my book, but that's my book. Like I was, now you're reading it. You don't even know me. <laughs> um, so yeah. So it, innovative. It's so unique. Thank you. I, you know, it's like part walking tour of the inside of Alexandra Chichkadova's mind. <laughs> yeah, but to just even take it outside is all, uh, even outside the walls of a theater, because I've been to outdoor theaters, I love outdoor theaters, but making the space around us pliable and using those resources mm -hmm. to, because you're still creating the atmosphere of the play, even though you're moving it, which is a feat in itself. Well, in a way, everybody, like there were these moments also where if I, you know, I would set up like, okay, I'm gonna stop here at this point at like the bike and run path of Prospect Park when I start to talk about like, and these people, they're looking at me and they're like, oh, she's not even saying hello to me. Well, I hope that they get sick on that bus and barf. And I'm, you know, saying this and I'm pointing back behind me to that imaginary bus. And it's actually like, you know, Brooklynites biking and running. <laughs> And they're like looking at me and then the audience is looking at them, looking at me and they're being looked at by these other people. So there's also like, I wanted that sense of like, oh wait, we're being watched, but I'm watching a play. And do these people know I'm watching a play or do they think that I'm like on a tour? You know, like what's that internal dialogue they're having? That's like basically the same thing as the play. <laughs> wow, that yeah. ripples out. That's so yeah. cool. So, and of course, and then finding places to be like more private or, you know, be in front of the thing you're actually talking about. Look, oh, I'm talking about a bench. Let me actually sit on this real bench and like use it and stuff. Um, so it was great, fun. And, and what about part, well, not part two, but the, the next level, you took it back to Russia. You learned mm -hmm. the Russian text. Oh, right, the Russian text. <laughs> And that you did it all around the city. You did it, you did it. So I went to, so John Friedman, he helped me take it to Moscow. He basically, 
you know, the connector that he is connected me with the Golden Mask Festival, which is really exciting because that's like a festival of like for Russian and like Russian-ish um, theater. It's a huge festival. It's a big freaking deal. Like speaking Russian uh, at the festival was really cool. And they like found me this big, you know, like cultural center that I could walk you know figure out the path because it was March so it was cold so it couldn't be quite outside but it was in this big uh center where there's like you know some open spaces a real library so I got to take people into a library like that's another fun thing like this it's like you spend a day or two I'm like looking around like oh wait you have a library okay so we're (laughs) gonna library part we're gonna get you up there then end on a stage da 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 so it um I got to do it there. And then I went to Ekaterinburg and did it at Koliodas Theater where I got to meet, um, cause they do a new plays festival. And so they were, you know, happy to have actually their own playwright even though she's, you know, wasn't with us anymore but have her play be premiered in their theater. Um, and I did it on the streets of Ekaterinburg for folks who knew her and like her friends and um wow. yeah they were like did you like look her up on Facebook you even you're dressed like her you look like her wow <laughs> yeah um it was it was it felt like um like a risk like a sort of big responsibility but also I really felt their their love for her, I think for, for those of those people who were close to her, um, it was a little bit like seeing a ghost. Wow. A little bit. Cause it was, you know, it's her writing. I did do it in Russian. And even though I, you know, my accent's terrible. I think that there was, for them, it was um, nice to be with her work. Mm. Um, yeah, so, and we were like the same age and stuff like that. So that was, um, pretty, I also got really sick on that trip. Actually. I don't usually get like a, I had a really bad cold. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was like the shouting on like the, you know, the air pollution on the streets. I don't know what it was, but, or just like, I was like, couldn't really handle maybe being like get it like doing all of the like festival activities, you know, cause there's like parties every night and, nah, 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 nah. and I was really just like, would go to my hotel room and like be by myself. <laughs> be like, I have to save my voice for shouting at the show. <laughs> yeah. The show, which is in a giant street. Um, With buses <laughs> and traffic. Buses. Yeah. I was like, I had tons of accordion buses to point at. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> You did not really? not Brooklyn bikers, accordion yeah. buses. Uh, and you and won then, first, and you won the grand prize there. Yes, yes. They had like an interesting thing that they did is like they sort of like the next day after like a show, they all talk about it. It's kind of like a continue. It felt a little bit like a continuation of like the the school system of like, and yeah. now the people who decide what's good will sta- sit behind this table and talk about, you know, the pros and the cons. Um, I thought that that was just interesting. I guess they do that here too, like panel discussions. 
I think so. I don't know. It felt more like juicy and like critical, meaning like not just bad, but just like critical, like let's let's analyze this and not just gooey, like, oh, let's talk about how great everything is. Um, exactly. Yeah, see- criticism is seen as like, I, I see that as love, a form of Russian love because mm-hmm. they care enough to find those details and be like, this was great. This can be changed. This person needs help in this area and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, And then, yeah, so I, and then I did it in like a university setting for students. And then uh, that was fun too. And these little mistakes, these little like magical things, like I exited, uh, I had taken them into some, you know, space on campus that was like in a building up. It was kind of outdoors, but it sort of felt indoors. In any case, you know, I say my goodbye ostensibly to keep walking down this road that I was talking about in the play. And I didn't realize, but I was like walking towards like the big like bus station area. Yeah. And so for them, they were like, oh, she's going to the bus that she was thinking <laughs> about this whole time. You know, like people make their own connections. And okay, that's, and that actually might be interesting to like a random listener as opposed to my whole process. Is that like, whatever you make and then, people experience if it's like if they had a good experience there it seems that they will think like that's the way it should be mm. you know people were like oh I loved it with only three people or I thought it was great with 45 people you know <laughs> like there is so such so everybody if they had a good experience that's like how they see that play this this piece of art like then it seems the right way to to experience it, which was interesting for me to like think about like when I when I what I expect of certain things, what are my like, what do I think is like certain things need to be a certain way, just in general, like in life. Mm-hmm. So like not be so rigid about mm. um you know what 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 does a play need to be? What does a, a theatrical experience need to be? What does this romantic dinner need to be, you know? <laughs> that's, that's incredible. I mean, when you talk about, uh, here when we talk about doing, because in the, the American system, you do the same show every night for weeks and 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 weeks. And weeks. Whereas in the Russian, you're rotating. So every day is a different show, which is a different challenge. Uh, but to be able to to greet each performance with that innocence and freshness and curiosity and joy. You took that to a whole new level because literally your surroundings were unpredictable every time. Mm-hmm. And the, the weight isn't the right word, but almost the, the demand on your own instincts mm-hmm. and inventiveness in the moment is humongous because you you never could have known oh yes I am going towards the bus station because you didn't live there like how would you know where it was that's that's so 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 fascinating I'm so thank you thankful for you diving into this this story because you deeply deeply inspired me I remember seeing your show and and like coming home 
And it just widened my perspective because I said, right, right. Okay. Right. Because for so long, like since coming back like a year and a half, I'd been trying again to fit into this system and it just wasn't working. So I made my own solo show, but that was still in a theater. And like, that was a thing, another story. Uh, But, (laughs) but I was ready. I was ready for a, a new not a bigger thing necessarily, but a different thing. Mm -hmm. And after seeing your show, I was like, okay, my bandwidth has been expanded. I can do anything. And so I didn't even know what to say. I just said, universe, I am ready for an idea. I hope it's related to my training. I hope it's related to what I'm interested in. I hope it has something to do with Russian theater in some way, right? It doesn't have to be the play, but I was in a dialogue like that for two years before this play that we're working on now came. And it arrived in the most serendipitous timing and just just the way you're explaining the story of Yah at the Yah coming to you, you coming to it, going away from it, coming to it, going away from it. I think you're almost always in some kind of dance with these projects because there's a part of you that's just terrified. And then there's a part of you that's like, no, this can't really work. And then there's a part of you that's like, no, I'm meant to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's cool witnessing your trajectory and like do you think you would still because it's it's still living like you could still perform it now I mean actually it could be a perfect pandemic piece because everyone's outside I know I just I can't touch my audience members precisely yeah you'll have I to like try to <laughs> a waltz with one of them you know <laughs> and the hand but it but it can live on yes I, I no just, it can but and it should it could change and that's I guess that that adaptability is for all of these projects is yeah it's not dependent on any one thing no I need to do the waltz and I need to do the hand game like I did it to myself right up like what I just before was like preaching oh it doesn't need to be anything (laughs) but I think that's our tendency too because we know it we always go back to what we know yeah that's what I did and it worked so it's that's what I have to do again yes Yes. Oh, and that goes back to just the unpredictability of your circumstances. But I think also that's a testament to everything that's going on right now on a global level. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we, 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 we can invent new ways because the old ways are no longer working for so many reasons. So yeah. let's take that theatrical inventiveness. Let's use our imaginations and our resources and move us forward. Uh, and I really, oh, thank you for your time. I want to touch on briefly, just on the incredible work you're doing right now with, with your master's degree, with the Journey Theater Project, with your Pilates, you're this incredible Pilates instructor. Oh my gosh, you do group sessions, solo sessions. I just want to quickly dive into this before we wrap up because you're always creating so many incredible things and I want to dig into it. Oh, thank you. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, so the journey, I went to, so after some years, you know, Studio Six, people got married, people moved away. We did not, I, you know, I made a solo show all by myself. So the ensemble was sort of um, expanding too far away from each other uh, to make things. Uh, I continued to work as an actor, try to get jobs, do other shows with other groups. It's great, but I felt very, um, it felt isolating. I felt isolating. I just like couldn't 
get into like the right like group to hang out with in the theater world. I wasn't like, you know, focusing on my headshots and my on-camera auditions where it was like bumming me out. It just felt isolating. And like, um, I realized I'm like, I realize now that I think I was missing that community of the ensemble, the community of just, you know, having a home, which really got me interested in like that feeling of community and ensemble and having that happening outside of theater spaces, like particularly with non-theater people. Like I would always feel pretty bummed when a, a friend would come or a friend of a friend who's like not, who you know, self-described non-theater person would be like, come to a show and be like, well, I'm sure I didn't get it. Um, Cause I, I don't really, you know, get theater. I'm like, no, it is like theater is literally for everybody. Like it's yeah. telling stories with our bodies and our mouths. Like <laughs> that's like, it is the most, like hopefully the most accessible really, um, hopefully. Uh, so that led me down this path of like, what's this book, Theater of the Oppressed? Oh, what's applied theater? And just learning about theater that is used outside of theatrical settings for usually like purposes of social justice, community building, politics, you know, at, at, in the using theater for, for social means. Mm. Um, and I went to CUNY, they have a master's degree in applied theater uh, run by the creative arts team and this uh, applied theater practitioner, Chris Vine. And I had an amazing time. It was great to be back in school. I thought I was too old, but I wasn't. Uh, no. <laughs> no one is. <laughs> no, no, this is all school, all of this. Exactly. Uh, and in my thesis work, I worked with two classmates, Esther and Chelsea, and we created original theater with men and women in transitional housing. So we created two pieces of original theater with folks. That was our thesis project, right? We had to do a piece of applied theater work um, and then write about it. And basically our goal was to celebrate, give chance, give folks who are living in transitional housing, which is so much about like, fitting into systems that are like telling you why you're broken. What do you need to do to get a job, to get a house? What did you do wrong? You know, it's very like punitive and, and like just seems so exhausting that we wanted to create a place to like have fun one or two nights a week, make something like have a sense of creative generation choices working together on something positive that's like not about fixing what's wrong with you but about like celebrating your resiliency like you're here you're, you're doing this and um and then hopefully have fun performing if that's what they want to do like the performance is kind of like whether people are up for that is kind of something you want to gauge in a project like that and so we had a um an amazing experience doing that we had an amazing experience working together because we felt that we could really push each other in the ways we needed to push each other. We had a sort of three different, very different minds of like how we see the world, how we're like take information in and uh, how we're putting information out there, which is really useful to have that like diversity of like just experience and, and, and learning mm -hmm. modalities, learning styles, I guess. Um, so we created this, pro this company, the Journey Theater Project to continue to do work that way. So the Journey Theater Project, um, especially 
this spring and then summer when um, George Floyd was killed, we realized that we had the skills to create an online workshop that uses mm -hmm. theatrical activities and games that, that take ideas into your body, that like physicalizes certain ideas um, as a way to, to give folks space to learn about themselves and reflect on race and their part in dismantling white supremacy, becoming anti-racist, coming to terms with their own, how race plays a role in their lives because it does if you live mm -hmm. in this country and really anywhere. Um, so we created a series of workshops that we've been doing online and we've been also working with organizations and schools and like companies, corporate sort of situations as well to bring these workshops into their spaces basically as a way to get everyone on the same page around definitions, terminology, and then also to begin to feel what it is to like address this stuff mm. in your body. Yes, I can understand how effective Augusta Bawal's Theater of the Oppressed is in this situation from my, I mean, I did it as a teenager with Planned Parenthood on Teen Council teaching sex ed, but it is a whole other level. It's a whole other level of experience. And it's one thing, like you said, to read a book, to listen to a podcast, and these are things we have to continue to do, mm -hmm. but it's a whole other ball game when you are immersed in a situation and like you are literally responding and your conditioning is also responding, not just your instinct, it's the, con the social conditioning. Um, obviously that influences the instincts and vice versa. Uh, that is fascinating. Oh yeah. man. So we do, yeah, we do like forum theater where you get to actually step in and to disrupt, you know, microaggressions in a workplace or encourage a young child to, you know, ask more questions and how to, how to start to engage with children in that conversation. But we also do these, like we do image theater where it's like, you know, you'll share your stories in your breakout room and then create an image about you know, what, what were these stories of implicit bias? Like, what do they have in common? What do you, you know, and then they come back and they share. So you're lit, like, you're literally also like creating expressions of how implicit bi bias affects you or how does systemic racism show up and connect to your interpersonal relationships and your community relationships. And we're trying to like create moments where people have to get out of their head because like particularly with white people and like if you like have read about white supremacist culture how it's like all in the head yes. we, we can talk things to death yeah. um and find reasonings and da 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 and then like oh I just want to listen I just want to learn like you have to like engage with your body because it's 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 in there it sits in there and yep and even just you know, expressing it in that way is, it's like moving through you. So mm -hmm. it's, en well, it's still energy too. Like we need it. So when, when, when we get stuck in the head, then nothing can evolve because it's li like, it's literally stuck. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what you, the, the actual physicalization, moving those emotions, moving that um, energy, it's so critical. Yeah. And Esther is like, and I might, she's the lead facilitator of all of this. And I, I help out a lot with like the forum theater. I play the, the sort of the Joker. Uh, 
No, I don't joke. Or I play the actor who says the problematic thing. That you- <gasps> oh no! Yes, I. You play the oppressor. <laughs> the oppressor. Um, that's my part. It's my type. That's your part. You went from a parasol to I am made to a present. No, I'm kidding. This is all in your toolbox. <laughs> uh, no, and it's actually like as an actor, it's quite fulfilling because in forum theater, right? You do a, a you show a scene something bad happens and then the audience is encouraged to like tell one of the one of the characters the protagonist what to do to get to like break that oppression right yes so so you know first they sort of coach the actor that's the protagonist how to deal with the oppressor that's me and they try that so we're we're improvising and and then we sort of encourage a really brave soul to come up and actually step in as the protagonist. And even on Zoom, we're doing this and they'll, you know, they'll turn on their screens and, and stay with us. And then they're like improvising with me. So yeah. I'm like kind of playing with the, like not playing with them, but like uh, challenging them to like be their best breaker of oppression, right? Like pushing back yeah. a little bit if they're being too, too easy on me or or maybe helping them along a little bit if like that's what they need in this moment is to like find their voice um and just and it's it's improvising and it's so it's fun in a way it's kind of like I am me like I'm just like yeah person I'm making that connection for the first time <laughs> the, uh, the fruits of these kinds of conversations yeah they are worth. <laughs> but but in actuality, I think it's I think it's really useful. I like we literally just did a, a session with a, a a small company just like before this podcast, and I was playing the the very you know not what would I say the very microaggressive <laughs> coworker and giving space for these people who you know a couple of the the folks in our group are really wanting to like know how to say this like how to interrupt harm how to interrupt problematic speech um whether it's you know in the support of a colleague of color or or just because like that's not all right even if there isn't a person of color around uh was good and like useful for them wow and where can can folks join these seminars? Can they join these workshops, or is it just for companies, or or if people like can where can folks find you? Can where well, we, can you find the journey? Uh, Thejourneytheaterproject.com, and I'll have that in the show notes. Great, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the journey. We're always like, do we have the the uh, or not the the? We do. Uh, public workshops every few months we just actually we like just had a series last week um so it'll probably be a little while into the next one but when we do those public offerings they are pay what you wish um mm. we can and we encourage that anybody can come whatever their situation is and then but yes we also go into communities uh or organizations um to work with them on like a you know help that's so powerful that's it's some of the most powerful work I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still just recalling. That's it. it's just so incredible that you're you're doing it, and I know I want to engage with it. I know other folks will as well. So, applauding all of you for creating this space. <laughs> yeah, thank you for um, asking me about it. I feel. I hope I 
explained it well enough. You did. I'm very, very excited to come join a, a workshop. Oh, okay, good. I'll be sure to keep you on the email list. Yes, please do. And also, can we just dig in quickly to your Pilates? Because you're like, you're a Pilates empress or whatever I mean. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm like very much Pilates mom and pop shop, but no, just the mom. <laughs> um, just the mom. Uh, yeah, I've been teaching Pilates for like eight years. I wanted to get out of the restaurant, you know, scene because not that there's anything wrong with it. I was just becoming a jerk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I like, I just wasn't treating customers very nicely anymore. Um, and I also wanted to learn how to teach. And I think I was too afraid to even try to teach acting. So I was like, if I learn how to teach Pilates, I'll mm -hmm. be like, learning how to stand in front of people and telling them what to do. Cause that's what teaching is, right? <laughs> You're a great Pilates instructor though. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I'm really lucky to have, like I got a whiff of those gyms closing in March and I like sent an email out to my clients like, hey, I downloaded this thing called Zoom. <laughs> Meet me here just, you know, for a few weeks until this thing blows over. Um, and I started teaching community classes just to like, you know, again, like a pay what you wish model, like, please, anybody wants to join, feel free. Um, and uh, that's been like a really useful way to, again, structure my, mm. my weeks and my days. Yeah. It's like a learning experience for me to see how many times the word structure has come up. <laughs> I'll count them. I'll count them when I go <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> Literally. Well, that. if if people want to come join your uh, your Pilates, your group mm -hmm. Pilates classes, is it preferable to DM you on Instagram? Where can people yeah. find you? Yeah, I guess DM me on Instagram. It's Nikki Leffa. Maybe you could put it in somewhere. Yes, yeah. I'll have it in the show notes. Okay. I'm not like a big Instagram poster. But DM me there. It's not a requirement. <laughs> no, I don't have like a super, you know, polished, like you won't see a lot of like work. I'm not going to do like a live workout on Instagram. Um, but you have a YouTube channel now. I'll connect that. I do. Oh, I do. Yeah. But I only post my COVID recovery. So for, I teach this. But you COVID do COVID recovery. recovery. That's incredible. Yeah, I keep those unlisted though. So that's for folks on my mailing list. So again, just email me. I mean, I should just make them listed I, there I, there's no reason to like hide them I just like I don't they're not like super well produced or anything I just sort of I, I record my zoom class because folks who are sick might not be able to make it at you know 11 30 on Wednesdays if they're yeah. having a relapse so that's why but I should just yeah make them public absolutely around I mean I didn't know you could do unpublic not public. Yeah, you can just leave them unlisted. So like nobody will ever f like happen upon it. Like they need the link. The things I learn. Yeah. <laughs> All the details. Well, before, before I let you go, I just have a few questions for you. Okay. I feel like I could talk to you all freaking night. Seriously. We have this beautiful sunset right now. And oh, I not, the lighting does look pretty amazing. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, all right, all right. 
Uh, I don't know if at Mahat, I almost broke a chair. I don't know if at Mahat, uh, you guys had a different wording, but at the Ilkhom, usually they would call the actors what in the States they would call objective. Mm-hmm. It would be the wish, Jelanya, or what do you want? Yeah. Uh, but Jelanya always kind of hit me in my, mm-hmm. wherever one may say, solar plexus. Anyways, deep inside. Uh, And (laughs) it is the inspiration for so many things in my life, including this podcast. So I'm wondering what the actor's wish or goal or objective or want means to you. Part of me feels like in my life life that I, my jelanya is to like find my actor, to find my wish. Um, that often in life it's like such a mystery of like why do I do certain things or say certain things is like what's actually behind it Mm. whereas on stage it's like your chance to to do it on purpose to like choose it and then you know because you know when a line you say is just falling flat because you're like oh I don't know why I'm like I don't know what I want or it's not connected to what I want right now somehow because I haven't made that connection um and then for on stage I just I mean it's been a while it feels like but in the sort of classic sense being on stage um my favorite thing is to just show something that is like at one point very unique and on the other very familiar like that specificity that universality through specificity. Oh, I love that. Mm, I love what you say about doing it on purpose. And I think what you spoke about searching for the wishes in our lives, I it's so deeply resonant. I think we can know some and not others. Mm-hmm. And part of this whole life journey is literally finding that wish. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Uh, the next one is, what is a current obstacle you're overcoming, big or small? I, I think it connects to that sense of like the way things should be, like my own ideas of what I'm allowed to do, what I'm qualified to do, what I should do, like that pre conceived notion like the the many preconceived notions I have about what's possible stop me from doing things that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah maybe it's just a play a play in your head that society wrote (laughs) yeah and it's comes like constantly writing, you know? <laughs> yeah. The wish is buried deep inside there somewhere. <laughs> Ready to pop out. And what are you excited about creating right now? In the arts or just in life? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Journey Theater Project. Uh, I think we're allowed to announce this. We got a, a grant from the Brooklyn Arts Council And this spring, we are going to work on an intergenerational theater piece 
Oh my gosh. Three groups that we have to, uh, we're still sort of, so we were, we're in conversation with Sage, um, the seniors, uh, it's like a LGBTQIA senior center, but there's also a housing element to it. And then we want to work with women or women identifying residents there, adults of the like, of, like our contemporaries women, and then young women identifying people, young people, to create an intergenerational exploration of, of folk tales, but really like the wisdom of folk tales and what's passed down and what's not passed down. So that's, we're using folk tales as like a frame. But really, really what the spark, the kernel of it is like, what, what did you learn from your mother or women in your life? What, um, what do you wish you learned? What didn't you learn? What have you figured out for yourself? What do you want to impart to the next generation? What, it, you know, where is, and then how does that wisdom like, when does it show up as subversive? And when does it show up as like maintaining oppression and like oppressive patriarchal mm -hmm. values like might be in there? It's actually, honestly, it depends on like what the people we work with want to come up with, but that's like what's in our heads. Um, that's fascinating. Congratulations on that grant. That's a big deal. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really, this is still, you know, an uncertain time as we call it. So this might be a hybrid sort of zoom life thing, but we're definitely going to be out in Fort Greene park in the summer at some point performing something. Brilliant. Oh, that's so great. Oh my gosh. I, yes, everyone can get on in contact with Nikki and join, follow the Journey Theater Project on Instagram and keep up to date with this so we can go. Yeah. And if you know young people or any people that would be interested in participating also, or if you have thoughts about it, reach out. Oh, great. <laughs> reach out. Love it. Yes. And let's just do a quick speech for the stage before we close out today. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, perhaps we take the lovely consonant N and the lovely consonant K mm -hmm. and we do a single string together. Yes. You take the lead. Okay. Cool. So we'll do Vinimanya. Oh, attention. Natalie. Thinking. Nay, me, nay, no, no. K, he, kai, ho, who. Wonderful. It's with the delay, it's hard because I'm sure we're synced up, but it's the internet delay. Uh -huh. I was trying to be a little after you, actually, because I was like, is this oh. going to work on Zoom? I'm going to just be a half, half step behind here. <sighs> well, I could see, I could feel the, 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 the energetic threads between our, our mouths. Literally, it was like forming at the same time. Thank you, Nikki, so much for your time and your energy and your wisdom and your experiences. This this has been such a treat for me. The amount that I've learned about you and your and your artistic journey, it's it's fascinating. It's deeply moving. It's deeply inspiring. 
I know it is for our listeners as well. I know they're going to want to reach out to you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you because you are an inspiration. You are the perfect example of a human <laughs> being that you seem to be. And I, I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but you just seem to be like filling your well and then filling other people's wells with like your, your creative spirit, your good vibes, your love. Like this is a gift. Like I literally was like, I have nothing to say ever. I can't believe it. And yet, you know, you, you're like a wonderful person to hold space for all of your guests, everybody. Oh, no, now it's like the end of your play. You're making me cry. Oh. <laughs> it's really a gift. It's a gift what you're doing. Um, you know, whether oh, or not we can all sort of match your your um, generous spirit. It's, it's but I think we all have it in our own in our own way. I mean, with the work you're doing, with the with the like every beautiful guest, just the work they're doing in the world. It's so it moves mountains. So I'm just like honored to connect and to share our artists, like to build this ensemble across across the space because we need each other. I know we're often pitted against one another in this industry, but we need each other because we understand each other like no other. (laughs) Thank you everyone for joining us for these two episodes. We will send you off with much love. Uh, I'll catch you all next week with another guest. Thank you again, Nikki. Much love to everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me and pressing play on yourself today. If this episode resonated with you, be sure to share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. We are building the ensemble, so the more people who see it, the more rich and diverse our collective will be. If you're looking for extra inspiration, come find me on Instagram, at Serabanda. I am so eager to connect, and I'll be ready with a new task for us to explore next week. In the meantime, enjoy the process. Just remember to lead with your wish.